So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week is Uncanny X-Force. My name is Jeff, and using the create a character feature in WWF Warzone for PlayStation 1, my brother and I made a pretty damn good version of my mom's Guido ex-boyfriend so that we could beat the shit out of him, and we did. <laughs> Take that, you stupid dick. You're not my real dad, and you never will be. <laughs> My name is Dan, and I am intent on breaking the talk me into dating curse. My name is Jimmy, and I am nearsighted. Dan, by this being your fun fact, you are only making sure that it goes further. No, <laughs> I've discussed this to be a curse. I've discussed this with the person, and she is confident that it's not a thing. The curse has no power, and it only has power if we give it power, Jimmy. So you, okay. so I don't you like st- how you directed that to me. But <laughs> so you thanks, started man. out the relationship with, listen, I have a podcast and she didn't break up with you. <laughs> That's not how I started the relationship, Jeff. <laughs> she asked me what I was doing last time we recorded. And I said, well. I'm a white male that's 34 years old. So I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> Correct. Yes. But anyways, uh, and Jimmy, past, you're, you're, we, we have Jim, had bad luck when it comes to mentioning relationships on this podcast. It's over. It's over now. It's yeah, Jimmy's yeah, only nearsighted in relation to his relationships ending because of the podcast. Yeah, it was solely because of the podcast. It's metaphorical 100%. nearsightedness. Yes. yes. Damn it. It was probably something Jeff said. Probably. Yeah. Because <laughs> I called you Big Gapey. <laughs> No, that yeah. happened after. Yeah, that's in an episode now. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy got it. Every week on Talk Me Into, we have a segment that we just do. Uh, it's just something that we're catching up with or we're starting or we're trying out. It's called Talking Ourselves Into. Uh, it's everything that I just described. Uh, this week. <laughs> Recap. It is what Jimmy said it was. <laughs> yes. This week, I am talking into, talking myself into a very fun one. And it is the Renegades podcast. Okay. Uh, are you guys with, with this at all? With Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama? Yes, it is with one of the most powerful men in the country and Barack Obama. Um, it is waka waka. <laughs> I thought I you were talking yourself into Rush Hour Renegades, the fictitious radio show no. hosted by Jesse Katsopoulos no. and Joey Gladstone. <laughs> Rush Hour Renegades coming you bring at you that up a lot, it's, which is great to show how much you watched Full House. Yeah, Dude, a lot of your personality crazy. is rooted in Full House. It was a formational show of my childhood. But think about it: if that show existed now. Think about this. If that show existed now, there would totally be like a fan made, like deep fake rush hour renegades, like in in storyline podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. 
um but, but yeah to what you were the, saying jimmy yes uh the renegades podcast it's uh it's very good it's just the podcast where uh, bruce springsteen and barack obama are talking about what it feels like to be an american and they're talking about uh yeah the race problem in america sorry jim but it sounded like what if their opening was like i'm bruce springsteen and this is the podcast where we talk about race relations in america (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to renegades the podcast where Yeah. Thank you for listening to Renegades, uh, the podcast where two friends uh, try to break racial divisions uh, in America. Uh, my name is, is Barack Obama. Uh, you may hearing. know me uh, from oh, such okay, things. Jeff's doing this uh, he's filibustering too president. long. <laughs> it is very weird to hear Barack Obama doing like uh, an introduction to a podcast and stuff. Like he's like doing all the hosty things. And I'm like, wow, this is strange. Um, uh, but I, <laughs> you know, Barack. Okay. You know, your father was born. Let's, in let's just sit here because obviously Dan has a Springsteen uh, impression. Jeff has an Obama impression. Let's just sit here and pretend we know what the Renegades podcast is. Uh, well, thank you, Jim. You know, in, in the summer of 1962, I took my bike off the road and my old man, yeah, you know, we hadn't been getting along too well. He came to visit me in the hospital. And he said, boy, boy, you need to cut that hair. And I said, dad, I'm an American too, just like you. Uh, now, Bruce. Uh, we all know yeah. you're a little bit older than I am. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he does say that a lot. Uh, yeah, age, yes, I do. Uh, age is just a number, Brock. And we've both had uh, troubled histories with our father. Uh, but it's the land that we walk on that makes us Americans. Uh, in the dirt. And I'm wearing a cowboy hat right now, even though I'm from central New Jersey. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up in Hawaii, uh, I was living in paradise. Uh, every now and then somebody would come up with a cowboy hat and you just knew uh, this man's not from Hawaii. Uh, what lesson uh, can this person teach uh, a multiracial boy uh, growing up on an island in the middle of nowhere? The lesson is it doesn't matter where you grow up. If you grow up in the Italian household of Freehold, New Jersey, you could still wear a cowboy hat and cowboy boots because this is America and it's the dirt under our cowboy boots that unites us all. <clears throat> All right, that's enough. <laughs> that was a tangent. Uh, that was good. That was a good job, guys. That's Great. what the so- podcast sounds like, right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, have you, either of you guys listened to it? Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to all but the most recent episode, and yeah. uh, I I think it's good. The, I was talking to my wife about it um, a wife. couple weeks uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, you know, this podcast is uh, they form, they formed a friendship because Bruce did some stuff for his campaigns back in two thousand eight. You know, they have like dinners and stuff together. Like their their families are friends now. They're they're friends. They're mm-hmm. buddies. It's a buddy cop film, and it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you never hear. Like you hear people talking about what it's like being president and he has some funny anecdotes about when he was singing the Al Green song, what led to that um, mm-hmm. and some other stuff about being president. But they don't really talk about like the heavy shit. Like if my best friend or a close friend of mine happened to be the leader of the free world for eight years, Dan, let's say you were president for eight years, right? <laughs> let's do it. And then all of a sudden you're not. And now we're just hanging out, having dinner at my my home studio in Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, you know, I'd be like, hey, what's it like, uh, you know, causing a lot of death? <laughs> like you, you had to decide to, to press a button to send missiles to like bomb a hospital. You think about that ever? <laughs> like, what's what's that like? They never talk about that. I want to know about that. You know? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I hope 
maybe at some point the no they uh, won't the, they will never talk about that that's just, that, that's an on that's something that politicians just don't talk about they'll talk about yeah. the progress they made hard decisions they've had to do, make domestically they'll never talk about the weight of killing people they just mm. never will but that's what I, yeah. I just want to hear a jovial conversation about uh yeah you know like uh we were having dinner uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what i'm going to say I, I have no idea what to the say end. The end. That's it. But like, that's what I want to hear, Jim. I do love when uh, the night when uh, uh, Osama bin Laden was killed and uh, Obama had to give like a, a speech or whatever. And, and Mark Maron was talking to him about it. And uh, Obama was like, yeah, it was pretty funny that, that night, too. And I was like, wow. <laughs> that's what like, I'm saying. The fact that like, yeah, it was just like things like that where I'm like, wow, like I had to like put on a, a happy face while uh, somebody was planning on killing one of the most evil men in the in the in the world. Yeah, because it was the night of the White House correspondence dinner, so he was yep. like joking. Yeah, and like crazy. every time he went back to his table, he was getting an updated like the you know boots on the ground. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been talking myself into it. I think it's a pretty good podcast, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into. Uh, more of an emotion than an actual thing. And the emotion <laughs> okay. can only be described okay. in song. <laughs> the song is, The hills are alive with the sound of music. Okay. I don't, uh, what, I don't understand, but oh, please explain. What that boils down to is when I hear that song, I get an image in my head of a young woman frolicking in a meadow. Um in the mountains and uh basically what, what i'm trying to say is i'm spring cleaning um, okay that was just said that very very <laughs> roundabout way of saying it wasn't even funny it doesn't it's not even really a good analogy <laughs> i wasn't trying to be funny i just it's not just spring cleaning it's more than that it's about embracing the coming spring resurgence of vegetation, warmer weather. I, I love like popping the windows open, seeing the curtains blow in the breeze, you know, cleaning, dusting. It's a whole mindset, burning like some nice fresh I thought you were, candles. You were an autumn boy because you like dead leaves and the coming eight months of treacherous weather. That's exactly why I'm talking myself into it, Jeff. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Wow. It's been a cold, long, dark year, not just winter. And there's something really like refreshing about the idea of at this time of recording, I've received my first vaccination. A lot of my friends and my family are either there or, you know, about to be. And uh, there's just something really special about this spring to me. And it's the hills are alive with the sound of music. The world is coming back. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic. Maybe yes. I'm being naive. Yes. But I'm also like not a fear monger like Jeff, who's probably just like literally in a bunker somewhere like COVID-20 is coming. <laughs> so like I've been conservative. I've played by the rules. I've done everything right. And like I'm going to start to like really enjoy and like live in the moment of things coming back. There's like a deer frolicking across my yard right now. Well, the thing metaphorically. is, if, if you weren't doing all the right things, then things never left. They've always been the same. What? If you are a person who has not done. Oh, right. Thing, I thought you were saying yeah, me. Right. I'm like, no, you, things Dan. have certainly no, changed. Listen, listen to the words that I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, what? I reversed it. But yeah. yeah, those people don't care. But listen, I've had a rough year. Uh, we all have personally, professionally uh just in the world and uh 
I'm sorry, but I think it's very apt. Well, I'm not sorry. F*** so, you, Jeff. It's yeah, very but, apt that the world is coming back right at spring. Spring So what means you're saying something. is that your professional life was at a nine, but your personal yeah. life was at a four. Yeah. No, this is weird. This is a weird segment. I'm sorry, guys, but spring, it, it's meaning something to me a lot in my heart. Jimmy, he probably planned this out for like the last two weeks and it just bombed. His whole presentation of it just tanked. It tanked for you guys because you're emotionally ambivalent. You're caught up in your own little lives. You can't understand. You can't connect. There's people out there. Listen, I'm not going to name names, but I know there's fans that connect with me on an emotional level. And if you're listening to this right now, I would if I could. I know you are. And you know what I'm talking about. Please say something. I feel like I'm alone on an iceberg with these two <laughs> locked up male egotist chauvinist pigs. <laughs> right in. Tell me, Dan, I get it. The spring is something special. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel you, man. But like, <laughs> you're, I'm sorry. You're I just wrote there. down in my notes. The hills are alive with the sound of music. And I'm on the verge of tears right now thinking about this imagery in my life. Wow. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into, for God's sake? I'm trying to think of a really bad song analogy that doesn't make any sense to connect mine. <laughs> you, Jeff! <laughs> but instead, I'll just tell you, see, I'm, I wish you went last now. Um, try delving deeper into your feelings. It's, it's all okay. surface for Jeff. So I like the new Star Wars. I don't like the new Star Wars. That's my life. <laughs> I'm going to try to get really, really personal with this next one. So this next one, the emotion that I feel uh, when I listen to it is, uh, you know, recently Daft Punk broke up and, uh, you know, they they were an inspiration to, to many people because they are they human or are they robots? Are they part man? Are they part computer? We're not are sure. Are they human or are they dancers? We are. Nobody knows, but we know that these half computer people left such a, a large impact on many people's lives. And, you know, I'm just thinking about that this week because I've been talking myself into building a computer. <laughs> <laughs> that was OK. That was good. I thank appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, this has been a long time coming, but I've. I wanted to buy a computer. I asked Jimmy several months ago. I was like, hey, I need a computer. What should I get? And you recommended something. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go Leave me alone. I'm busy. Uh, So I went to Best Buy and they didn't have it. I was like, ah, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then this guy I work with separately, he was like, I just built my own computer for gaming and it's awesome. And I was like, that's cool. And then I looked into building my own. I was like, I never built it, but he convinced me to like buy all the parts. He was like, I was like, I don't know anything about computers. He was like, Neither do I, but I just built one. So if you want for fun, I can build you one online, like with the specs you need. I told him mm-hmm. what I needed it for. I was like, you know, some audio recording, some light gaming, some magic arena playing and, you know, just just some light stuff like that. So he he's like, what's your budget? And I was like, eight hundred dollars just because whatever. I don't know anything. And he came back with something that was like, you know like a thousand dollars and i was like oh boy but then i kept putting it off and he kept updating it and finding new pieces i was like you know what i'm just gonna buy everything you said so i did um and i spent like a thousand dollars on all these pieces which sounds like a lot of money but like a macbook is more than a thousand dollars right yeah 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 so so i got all these pieces and then they they've just been they were sitting in a pile in my living room and all these boxes and i was like oh boy here we go. And I'm like, I'm going to dedicate one full day to just doing this. And then I started to do it. And I was like, you know, a couple hours in, I got a lot of the pieces uh, in the motherboard. 
uh, installed correctly, but I'm going real slow because I'm like, I don't want to break anything. I don't oh, even yeah. know what I'm doing. I've do- done that before. It sucks. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to do this over a few weekends. So last weekend I started and I got like, I got the Amazon shipped me the wrong SSD. They shipped me a 200, uh, oh no a two two terabyte two terabyte yeah yeah. two terabytes i order like 500 gigs they sent me one that's like four times the cost and i was like cool it was labeled wrong i used to i know all about that so i kept it so yeah so i'm gonna have this really great computer so now all i have to do pretty much is plug in all the little power supplies and then i have to install windows and like every single part of this i'm like i am going to absolutely f this up royally and so far i haven't so (laughs) far I'm like a third of the way done and I'm just staring at this empty box right now, this, this case. And I'm like, okay, okay, Jeff, you got this. I still don't really know what all this stuff is, but like, I think I can do this. And if I can't, Jimmy said he could help. And uh, my coworker said he could help, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I have faith in you, Jeff. It is like, obviously it, it is intimidating because like the parts are expensive and stuff, but, uh, Everything is very consumer based lately. So like a monkey could do it for the most part. And, yeah. Uh, like, and, and like, so like I'm going by the instructions on the case because like, it's like install it in this order, <laughs> but then you sure, look at the yeah. pieces and they're a little bit different. You look at those instructions, I'm like, all right, which one do I go for? But there's also like multiple options. Right. So like mm-hmm. the CPU, they're like, if you have this kind of case, do it this way. If you have this one, do it this way. So I'm like, okay. So like I have these extra pieces. I'm like, oh no, if once I close this up and like, I don't want to have to undo it, but I think that I'm doing pretty pretty well um still have to do the graphics card i might have to do that before i uh screw the motherboard into the case but i like i don't know it's like those things like you have to just get the right step to make everything click and you can put the motherboard in first and then uh and then do the gpu after uh that's what i was thinking because at first i started doing the I put the motherboard in and started clicking things. I'm like, no, I'm doing this outside of the case first. Mm-hmm. Or if you get exasperated, you can combine your talking yourself into with mine and just take the empty <laughs> shell and plant flowers in it. <laughs> and just cover your monitor with moss and just stare at that all day. <laughs> Uncanny X-Force was a comic book ongoing series published by Marvel Comics. Created by Rick Remender and artist Jerome Opeña, the first volume of the series continued the story of Wolverine and his X-Force team from the series X-Force Volume 3. I'm reading Wikipedia right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... No, but X-Force, Uncanny X-Force specifically is what we're talking about today. And if you're not a Talk Me Into regular, the reason why we're doing this today and not another topic we had planned was because for Dan Day, which was an episode we did a couple weeks ago for Dan's birthday, uh, Jimmy and I wanted to give him two pretty easy topics that we knew he would like. And Jimmy succeeded and (laughs) I gave him um, something I knew he actively hated because I forgot that I wanted to actually talk him into Uncanny X-Force. So this episode is kind of a a makeup, um, an apology of sorts uh, to Dan and to Jimmy, because this is a really great series. The series started in December 2010, and in September 2011, Dan and I were on a comic book podcast, and around that time, we were very much in the cultural zeitgeist of the comic book industry. (laughs) But 
I wasn't reading this and I wasn't reading, I think probably just because I had like these pre-existing images of X-Force not being very great in my head, like a lot of Rob Liefeld, Cable and Deadpool stuff from the 90s was just lingering around and I was like, eh, it's fine. But I listened to so many podcasts at that time and all of the podcasts were like, this series is great. This series is great. It's awesome. <laughs> and by the time I got into it, probably like, I don't know, issue 10 or 12, because it was almost a year later. It was very hard to find single issues. I managed to get most or all of the issues I was missing at the time from like comic book sales, comic book store sales and stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I read it, I was like, yo, this is great. Cause I think I also had Wolverine fatigue, which we talked about in the Dan Day episode, because Wolverine is on the team and the roster of this team, at least in this for for first arc, Firk arc in the Firk arc, the roster is Wolverine, Psylocke, Deadpool. And this is kind of around when Deadpool first started becoming like huge, you know, like he was a fan mm-hmm. favorite at Marvel, but it was before the movies and before he was on, he had like multiple titles of his own, uh, Phantom X and Archangel. And I, I was a huge fan of Archangel from the nineties. I always thought that was a cool take on angel, a much cooler take than just a guy with feathery wings. Mm-hmm. Um, he has metal wings. Metal. Jeff, and I like that. <laughs> I love, I like the purple and blue, uh, costume scheme too, but you sweep behind you do. Uh, but uncanny x-force they're kind of like stealthy so they're like gray and black and it was a it's a modern uh reimagining on the costumes like seeing wolverine and gray and black and deadpool and gray and black is pretty cool and psylocke and anything other than purple was pretty interesting at the time um but yeah this is just i read this 10 years ago i'm gonna be honest i don't remember the exact storyline <laughs> right now but i know that I was hooked. Like every issue that came out, we talked about on our last podcast with uh, another co-host, Dante, who got into it um, at the same time as me. And it ran for 30 something issues, 37 issues. Volume one, we're talking volume two. It it was poopy. It's not the same kind of vibes, but yeah, this, this series was written by Rick Remender, who at the time was a growing star at Marvel. He did a lot of like cool, really out there, weird sci-fi stuff. And then when you an old Dan joke from that podcast, (laughs) I remember him saying, remember, remember the Rick of Remender. (laughs) That does That's sound pretty like good. one of my jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, while me, Jeff was talking why. about Uncanny X-Force, I was probably like, and I'm reading a series about Superman walking. <laughs> no, that was before that. That was way before that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but but this was, all of these issues were written by Rick Remender, and they were all illustrated by one of like three pencilers, Jerome Pena, Greg took keeney and phil noto i believe i'm just gonna have you guys read the first trade um it's available at my library digitally um and we'll, we'll talk about it so you guys i mean i know you know what i just said because you were on the podcast too but do you have any other you know exposure to this well, or Jeff, have you been wanting to read this it's interesting because of my memory i've never heard of this before <laughs> I have no recollection of any of this. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm being 100% serious. When you told me you wanted you to talk me into this series, I thought it was just something you've read and liked. And I mean, <laughs> I have read it, it. and I, I loved it. And it gets, there's some shit in here that gets dark. Like, there's some characters later on, like, that do some messed up stuff. And you don't really expect some of that from, like, uh, a mainstream 
uh, comic book thing like Marvel like you don't expect Iceman to kill somebody um, mm. and then it like being a thing later on that doesn't happen in this issue but well I'm excited to read some good old Knucklehead <laughs> yes Jimmy what about you because I know that you, <laughs> you were interested in reading this as well yeah no I basically just from what you've talked about before i remember you talking about it on the old podcast and um i'm interested in it because i'm always interested in uh cool takes on x-men stuff um x-men is way too much there are too many titles there are too many teams and yeah um, anything that is like a little bit more like concise i'm down for there was a period of time in the like early to mid 2000s where like any combination of the letter x and like uncanny or like force men there was just like 30 x-men comics yes yeah this is a pretty good jumping on point in the story i think there's like a three issue tie into an event called fear itself but other than that the story is pretty self-contained um and you need to know very well like you need to know who wolverine is um you know you, you guys know enough about x-men to know so i'm gonna have you read volume one apocalypse solution it's the first four issues so it's not even like a six okay. issue arc um Okay. very cool very cool stuff i'm looking forward to this and i've been wanting this is one of those series that even when i purged my comic collection and sold stuff i kept all these issues even though they're worth more money than most single issues uh, i i just i want to own them physically cute cool. yeah i'm excited no, I'm to excited. read it yeah i'm like jimmy Fair. i never like bought full into like ongoing x-men storylines but i've read a couple like little you know pop in for you know deadly genesis here and different things there and always pretty much liked them so it should be fun cool and dan i hope that i really hope that this will make up for what i did to you on your birthday (laughs) happy belated birthday (laughs) pretend that first present didn't happen spoiler alert dan hated ninja turtles bye (laughs) <laughs> Bye. <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> this is one of the lackluster first halves of any episode ever. Jimmy, just keep all that in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I said that because I knew I had to cough, so that was my way of like letting you guys know. Stupid fat podcasters. I had some this Trixie's making me watch a Ninja Turtles. It's been three there weeks. There it is. And we read... It's been three weeks since we... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We read volume one of Uncanny X-Force. Uh, yes, the, by Rick Remender and Jerome Opeña. The Apocalypse Solution. Yes. So, I was wondering if you guys would feel comfortable just talking about this as a whole, since I read it as sure. a graphic novel, and I don't really right. know when one issue ends and the other begins. That's sure. fine. Uh, this is basically a more violent X-Men sort of team, covert black ops. That's sort yeah. of how Jeff described it in the first part, which I would agree with. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I took it, too. I was yeah, basically and, like, oh, this is hardcore X-Men. And this is yeah. kind of a reboot of X-Force. Um, and I can't remember where in the universe or like when this happened or what caused this team to be together. But when we start out, we're, we have a team of five. 
of uh, Phantom X, Deadpool, Wolverine, Angel, and Psylocke, and Eva, which is kind of like Phantom X's sentient spaceship that's kind of a member, um, mm. if you want to call it that. But when I read this originally, I was not familiar with Phantom X at all. Me um, Neither was I. I was yeah, like, I don't know who this person is. He kind of looks like Deadpool, but he's not. He's cool, and he has, like, weird psychic powers. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think that they really showed him off in this arc like as well as he is later on but i let's think that he's right a cool in. intriguing character let's, let's do dive it right in with my biggest problem with the series what's that <laughs> with the four issues if you don't know anything about this universe and these characters you won't know anything by the end of it yeah like no i did not know anything about phantom x and i knew very little about psylocke and archangel or angel really well, I know about Angel, but I mm-hmm. fell out of X-Men lore when he becomes Archangel. So, I mean, that I, was like when we were children. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> mo- well, most of the X-Men lore I know isn't actually from comic books. It's from, like, the cartoon and stuff. And, mm. and uh, yeah, I've read some, like, X-Men year one comics that has, you know, Warren, I forget his last name, but Angel. But mm-hmm. I never read Warren or saw Warren's, anything yeah. that covered Archangel. I just remember having the weird action figures as a child. Oh, okay. Well, basically, Archangel is just Angel as possessed by Apocalypse to be a four horseman of the Apocalypse. It was even in the X-Men Apocalypse movie. I don't know if you saw that piece of crap. I did, but I don't remember him changing. I guess. I yeah, he literally changed. Yeah, like that was the only cool part of the movie <laughs> when he got metal wings. I was like, cool. And then the rest of the movie sucked. <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw that movie once in theaters, and I was like, I never have to see this again. But I I think they did a good job in the first issue of setting up what's going on with them. So I don't think you I think you just need to know the base of what's going on. Like Angel at one point is Archangel. And then at this point, Psylocke, who they never call Psylocke. They just call her Betsy, which I hate when they do. Like they never call Jean Marvel girl. She's always Jean or Jean Gray. Um, (laughs) Cyclops is always Scott. Scott, yeah. Scott, Scott, Scott. No, Pride you're Cyclops. Was never, uh, what was Kitty Pride's code name? Something. Shadow Cat. Sprite. Yeah, they call her Shadow Cat and Wolverine and the X Men, which is cool. But yeah, this is kind of like she's helping to deprogram Angel, uh, kind of like Bucky is deprogrammed as Winter Soldier uh, right. in the MCU. This pre, well, I don't know. I think when, well, Archangel predates Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier predates Uncanny X Force. Um, Yeah, so I guess that's my biggest gripe, and we'll talk about that more. But plot-wise, the series sort of opens up with Deadlock, or not Deadlock, Deadpool. Deadpool. Sneaking around and discovering that some cult has resurrected Apocalypse and uh, the Four Horsemen. And uh, X-Force, led by Wolverine, has decided that they need to go kill Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I... From the early scenes in this series between Psylocke and Angel, it's clear, like, they have a relationship, and she's, like you said, she's isolating and, like, dampening this Archangel personality within him to help right. him control it and stuff like that. So so that was clear. Like, I could sort of contextualize what's going on there. I, I had a really hard time with Phantom X because I didn't know what his powers were. I don't know what the Eva thing is. I right, guess by so the end I, of it, I figured out it's like a sentient spaceship that he controls or something. Uh, yeah, and I mean, right. I haven't read this in 10 years, so honestly, I forgot too. But in the context of the story, you know, they, they kind of, I think his powers are a little weirder than just like yeah. flat out being psychic. 
but I think that you don't need to know that for these four issues. Yeah, so then they basically like find out uh, that they have a these baddies have a base on the moon and uh they go to the moon, which is funny. And uh Yeah, because yeah. it's comics and you can. Like why not go to the right. moon? Yeah, and um, the four horsemen are there, but they're known as the final horsemen. And I like, I think it's in issue three when we get the opening of the issue is the backstory of each of the yeah. final horsemen. I think yeah. that this was the issue that hooked me when I first started reading it because I didn't start reading it until the second arc was out, maybe like issue seven or eight. And I was like, okay, I'll start from the beginning. So I started and I was like, this is good. This is a good comic. And then it got to this and I was like, this is cool. They're adding so much depth to like these dumb villains like they could have just been like this is war and he's a giant minotaur kind of guy but like they gave him a backstory and they did each one right. in one page and like even though they are kind of just like evil for evil's sake you get to see how they got there and but they don't waste an issue on like you don't have to like go through all of this shit you're like all right this is what's going on with these characters this is their relationship let's f and go Right. Yeah, I thought also, it was really cool. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna say I thought it was really cool how like they're just mutants from like different eras. Yeah, I was like, it's cool that they're just like kind of picking them out and like how they sort of fit the archetypes. Right, and it also plays into Apocalypse's backstory as the first mutant, and mm-hmm. uh, they don't really get into how they're able to traverse time, but they've they've pulled these characters out of the past, and each of them has been wronged, so wronged by humans. So it fits in with Apocalypse's whole like mutant supremacy thing, and like we're and kind of Magneto's and, too, but yeah. not at, more extreme than that, right? And that's right. kind of how Apocalypse always seemed to me is like, hey, if you thought Magneto was bad, imagine if he was also crazy, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward storyline. They find out where this base is, they go to the base, they fight a bunch of people. Uh, it looks like they're going to be bested by the four horsemen, but. They, they sort of get split up and Psylocke is able to um, like make the entity of war fall in love with her, which is like mm-hmm. interesting. And mm-hmm. so he loses that connection to like war and fighting and killing and stuff. Right. And, like we uh, are jumping around a lot, but even before like they go to the moon, there's some cool stuff that gets you connected more to the characters develops them more and sets up for later stuff like when betsy's in the danger room like Mm -hmm. training to possibly kill kill angel like that kind of stuff to me is really heavy and really cool and like angel finds out and he's all upset about it so while we have like these really crazy like fight scenes which we'll get to the art in a bit uh, on the moon we also have these pretty deep character moments and like setting up for a lot of tense moments too and like in, in the midst of this, um, we find out that Apocalypse is brought back, but in a child's body, um, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I just wanted to say that before we get too far into the story. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm, how can I say this? Like mixed. Uh, I think that this surprisingly really feels like a Psylocke and Angel story, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, that's a that's an interesting take when you've got Wolverine and Deadpool on a team and <laughs> yeah. they basically like are not the leads. They're not taking over, you know, the storyline that's tough to do because they're such big personalities and so beloved by fans. So I'm glad though, because like at this point, this is when Deadpool started showing up everywhere in comics. Mm-hmm. And I think that they used him right in this series. He's there 
just enough time to add just enough levity and also just do a couple badass things but he's not like the focus and i think that he pulled that off really well i literally wrote down i was like deadpool is so much better as like a team character than like a standalone like even his movies and stuff like i much prefer him with like a team around him where he can just make witty jokes and do some badass stuff and yeah. yeah yeah i agree um but yeah i will say like sure they do have a lot of cool character building stuff between Psylocke and Warren we see the scenes in the bedroom and but also we see the the danger room stuff and that's really strong but I don't think we really get that with any of the other characters maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit Wolverine walking through the halls and seeing these big framed you know portraits of former X-Force and X-Men teams was kind of cool to see them through their history and stuff Mm mm-hmm um, but yeah, I mean, the bulk of the plot of this comic is them going to the moon and trying to kill Apocalypse with varying degrees of success and failure. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the interesting ways that they defeat these uh, uh, four horsemen. I think one of my favorite ones is that um, there's a fight between Wolverine and I forget which. I think it's the the guy, the plague. Pestilence. Yeah. Pestilence. Oh no, that was. Uh, no, he's death. Well, whatever. The guy who can cre- like create viruses out of his rings and stuff like that. Yeah, out of metal, and then Wolverine stabs him. Yeah, and he like uses Wolverine's metal against him. But then you find right. out that that like second half of that fight, where he's like really killing Wolverine, was actually like um, what would you call it? Like a dream or a. Yeah, Phantom X kind of got in their heads while his ship took all of the horsemen to an uninhabitable planet, which is just something that you could only do in comics and pull off. Yeah, I thought that was well done. And it also showed like what his power was and stuff, too, because like Dan was saying before, I have no idea who this character is or what he does. But like when he showed up, I'm like, oh, it was all just an illusion. Yeah, but they also made reference to the ship that the enemies are on being partly sentient. And that's right. That's where I got that. Yeah, they, they kind of explain his powers without explaining it. Yeah. So, I mean. I know we're sort of running through this quick, but it's not a plot heavy storyline. It's only four issues. And um, so they, they fight their way through this um, base Um, Phantom X because Apocalypse's ship is sentient. He's able to actually like place an illusion on the ship to make it think that it's teleported away, but it hasn't. Mm -hmm. And so they are able to like fight their way inside. There's a, there's a couple lines of dialogue that I really love in here. Um, especially there's one from Wolverine where he's like, they're just mowing through these like faceless, nameless guards. And uh, Wolverine basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, maybe one of these days, one of these groups will be the w- group of nameless, faceless minions that actually kills us. But probably not. Yeah, I thought that was good, too. And um, yeah, so so the team has been sort of separated. It's... Um, Archangel was injured, um, I forget how, by one of the horsemen or whatever. Oh, mm-hmm. the I think the famine one. So he's like literally starving instantaneously. And Deadpool like goes to him and he's like trying to take care of him. He pops a weird Deadpool shaped tent out of his belt. <laughs> and so they're like under there and he's nursing him back to health by trying to get him to eat. And it seems to be working. And then like Angel like sort of like 
has a moment of clarity. He's like, where are you getting this food from? And the camera pulls back or like this, <laughs> the image pulls back and you reveal Deadpool is just like slicing flesh off of his arm and feeding. Yeah. yeah. Angel. And, and before that, he made a joke in an earlier issue about Pop Rocks and uh, soda. And he's feeding him that first. So yeah. it's just really he's just pouring. And he's like making references to like having pouches, which is a thing that fans always make fun of his creator, Rob Liefeld, for adding to characters. There's, yeah. there, it's, there's just so many funny little jokes. So I don't remember, but does Deadpool have regenerative abilities? Does he heal? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. Well, that makes more sense then. Um, so that's <laughs> those two. They, they sort of like almost pair off. It's those two and then Wolverine and Phantom X who are both kind of injured but are like limping their way to Apocalypse fighting through these. Yeah, they're like helping stuff. each other out. Yeah, and then the last one is Psylocke, who has been gets in the room with Apocalypse. Yeah, well, first she um, she takes out War, but they like lose touch with her, and um, they're like, "We have to get to her." They don't know what's going on, and so basically all of these three groups reconvene in this inner sanctum around Apocalypse, who's a child, and Psylocke is like, "Like, no, we're not killing him. He's a child." And it, I think the writing was done very deftly here because at first. It's hard to tell if she's been like brainwashed or put under right. under Apocalypse's control because she's not saying like he's only a child we can't kill him. She's just right. Like, and at first you think that she's him. going to kill him, and then she says you're not going to kill him, and then that's where you get the like you don't know if she's under control or not. Right. Um. And and they I think that Rick Remender wants you to think that right now he's just a child who doesn't know what he's doing, uh-huh. but then you see that he's speaking to Angel telepathically, like yeah. w- even though he's not really aware, like the apocalypse inside him knows. So then mm-hmm. Angel starts battling, and they're trying to go back and forth on whether to kill him or not. And you think Wolverine's going to do it? He gets all schnickety schnicked, mm-hmm. uh, and then he <laughs> doesn't, and then um, all yeah. of a sudden. Well, I just Man. wanted to say before we get there, like Wolverine sort of joins Psylocke's side, which is like, we'll take mm-hmm. him back with us. We'll raise him. We'll train him. We'll try. Yeah. To Psy- Psylocke's argument was that like he's a blank slate and they can mold him to do good. And Angel's like, no, he's not going to do that. You need to kill him now. And like Angel starts to turn. He's he's battling back and forth between Angel and Archangel, which I thought was done really well with like the use of the red eyes and just like uh, the way that Jerome Pena illustrated him Mm -hmm. um but then we find out he gets shot and we don't know if it's phantom x or deadpool i thought it was deadpool just because that would be a deadpool thing to do Uh, and then camera pulls away and phantom x is holding a gun yeah and i thought it was very cool that one of the like there's only a couple pages after that and they're just all on eva going back to earth in silence and like Mm -hmm. the cameras just focus on their faces and just like phantom x's face he's just like you know kind of like what the fuck sorry jim right yeah i thought that i thought the ending was probably the most definitely the most powerful part of the comic and i was just sort of like wow that's it, it happens and it's over and uh yeah there's I, no follow there's surprised. no like trick like i mean right you don't know what's gonna happen next and neither do i because i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have some overall thoughts sure um i think the artwork was great throughout i really enjoyed oh yeah it was Um, beautiful it had like sort of a nice loose pencil style um without too much heavy ink but also i like the colors they felt really saturated and it didn't the series wasn't overly dark which i think is something that you could do with 
you know, these themes and these characters and, you know, you're fighting on the moon. It'd be easy to like drench this book in darkness and shadow. And it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think writing wise, I thought the dialogue was good, especially like it feels like Remender really gets these characters. Um, The way he writes for Wolverine is different than the way he writes for Deadpool, even though these characters have similarities. Um, And just he it feels like he understands the relationships between them. I wish that some of the backstories and power sets, but more the backstories and the motivations were a little bit fleshed out. Phantom X, I was like Jeff said, throughout the context of the story, I was able to grasp his power set. I was able to understand he has a sentient ship. But I I don't think I felt the full emotion of him killing Child Apocalypse because I have no idea if that's in line with his character or not. In other and words, I, I don't think that that's a flaw of Rick Remender or this title. I think that's just something you have to deal with with Marvel and DC and serialized franchises like this in comic books in general i will agree with you jeff but in this this is a reboot of the franchise it was marketed heavily as volume one of x-force even well, though it was technically well it's volume one of uncanny x-force which yes it's a reboot it's a new story with these pre-existing characters so yeah, i mean he, you he, get that all it's not it's it's not like a, a pocket thing like ultimate x-men is like it's kind of its own universe this no. is within a larger 70 year old universe yeah, I just don't think they went far enough for it to, for it to be a jumping on point, which I feel like they wanted it to be. Um, mm, okay. But that's that's my I disagree, but okay. The only other thing I really wanted to uh, touch on um, for overall thoughts was that I think they did a good job of walking a fine line between making it clear that this is, you know, a more adult, more violent team than the typical X-Men. Um, I think like the tagline that's in the book's description is like the X-Men don't kill, but what if they do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it would be easy to to just make this uber violent, make this a Deadpool comic. And they don't do that, which I, I like. The, the team still feels like it has a conscience. Still mm-hmm. seems clear that they're on the you know the right side of history, which which makes deaths hold a lot more weight because there is a lot more death to come in this series from of a lot of different characters that you might not expect. Yeah, and I think they mm. did a good job of letting that moment breathe of like <laughs> having to make a decision whether to kill Apocalypse or not. Um, stylistically it was cool to see them ride home in silence i do wish there was a few pages after that of okay you don't have to sit there and hash it out and talk about it but let's see how it affects the team maybe that's in the next arc maybe we'll see yeah and it it definitely is and i'm glad they didn't do it here i think that this was done well jimmy do you have overall thoughts yeah i definitely do um i actually really like the villain stuff in this um because I'm not super familiar with Apocalypse. Um, I know like what we were talking about before, how he's kind of like a crazier version of Magneto. Um, but You're not a follower of Ensabanur? No, I'm <laughs> not. Um, but I, I did really like, you can like really get like his views and like his followers views. Like they kept on calling them like Xavier's whores and stuff and, um, yeah. and how they're talking about how they, they fight for humans and not for mutant rights. And uh you get a lot of that with this. Um, I loved how they were getting like 
the uh, horsemen of the apocalypse uh, throughout the time. I thought that was really well done. Um, and and uh, the dialogue was really was really well done too. Like uh, Dan was talking about, you definitely feel a distinction between like a Wolverine and a Deadpool. And uh, I also did like how it, it focused on uh, different characters like uh, Psylocke and uh, Warren and and uh, things like that. And it, it was an overall pretty enjoyable. I mean, it was super consumable. I mean, it's four issues. Um, I I love when um, there's like really like I mean, this is a typically pretty short arc. Because mm-hmm. I feel like arcs are usually like seven issues, maybe yeah. sometimes even a little longer. I did um, like and, that too. It was very easy to swallow. Right. Yeah. And it was pretty self-contained too. Like, yeah, I didn't really get a whole lot of like, I have, I still really don't really know what uh, Phantom X does. And I honestly don't really know that much about like Psylocke or anything like that. So it'd be cool to have like a little bit more of an overview on them. Um, but I mean, that's what Wikipedia is for, man. I mean, yeah, it, I, that's that's the unfortunate thing about X-Men is that you have to Wikipedia like half the characters of any book that you're reading, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I have a and, few uh, final but... pushes. Okay. Um, like you said, like this this series overall, volume one is 37 issues. So it it ends right there there is an ending i'm pretty sure that there's no cliffhanger even though there is a volume two it takes over like with a different team and it's it's totally separate i didn't really care for it that much um so this is this series has an end the arcs are relatively short i think the longest arc might be five or six issues um and the team grows throughout this but not by a lot there's a few new members that come so the team is always tight and it's not overwhelming and this mm-hmm. this really is like they they do some bizarre stuff like if you've read rick remender stuff before whether it's independent stuff or any runs he's done he is really like he gets he into some black hard science, sci-fi right? yeah he does yeah, so he does that. sci-fi really well and, it, and they pull sci-fi into like this mainstream like x-men universe stuff and it's so great and also um jerome opinion does come back but there's several artists throughout the series so each artist does an arc i'm just going to list some if people know um jerome opinion Assad ribbick rafael albuquerque billy tan mark brooks greg tokini who f-ing kills it in the series sorry jim come on phil, and phil noto um all these guys are amazing artists and they all have the same kind of like um feel to them while being totally different and like it's just such a tight book and i think that the arc you read is just a setup like sure there was a beginning middle and end to the story but it sets up for other crazy off the wall stuff to come in reading this i want to i've been always been wanting to reread this but now like i really want to reread it um those are my final pushes i mean i think i I'm I'm always worried with Dan. I never know because because lately we've been having a lot of different opinions and his what he's been saying today has me a little worried. Jimmy Jimmy's an easy boy. He's going to be a yes, but I don't know about Dan. Um, all right, I'll ask you the question: Was I able to talk you into Uncanny X Force? Yes. I need another episode. Whoa! What? (laughs) What? I mean, I okay like yes that's fine let jimmy but talk. really okay oh, ah. i mean it's it's easy i mean i i have i obviously really like x-men and I, i'm always interested in in trying out new books and stuff because i really like the characters and stuff but 
yeah god damn it dan here we are let's go <laughs> Volume i'm sorry two. i'm just being honest like I'm, I, I'm not upset but this doesn't really seem like it's kind of like a divisive or just like i didn't give you enough like why do you need another episode because i liked the plot of this but i had really big problems feeling a connection to the team because i don't think i really even understood what <laughs> phantom x's motivations or powers were until the last issue and if the question is did you talk me into uncanny x-force volume one i would say yes but did you talk me into uncanny x-force i i need more content to decide okay i mean yeah let's let's do it (laughs) yeah i i honestly was like probably gonna say no until i started thinking about like you know how consumable it was and how there's definitely a volume two that's easily collected and i just think to give a real fair truthful answer i need to read one more volume glad to hear that volume two isn't as good so uh jeff's gonna have a fun time trying well, to figure when that we one say out no, I, I meant- we mean two different things jeff explain yeah, volume one of Uncanny X-Force is one run. So it's issue one to 35. And there's like some oh, point ones gotcha, gotcha, mixed gotcha. in. And volume two is kind of a restart. Um, and it's written by Sam Humphreys and illustrated, I, I believe, that, yeah. by Ron Garney. Yes. Um, and according to Wikipedia, it's 17 issues. It has one team. I read a few issues and I th- I don't know if it's bad. I'm, I'm just saying coming off of Rick Remender's act, it's hard to follow up. So and I'm when not I sure. say volume two, I mean collected trade paperback right. two, which right. is probably yeah, that's another four issues or something, I would guess, right? Yeah, we'll probably be reading up to issue 10. I think that's where the next arc ends. Or there, there's like, there's a short arc and then, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I, di- I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know that we were going to need <laughs> another episode for this. I literally thought this was not like a throwaway because I love Uncanny X-Force, but this is one of those Talk Me Into episodes that we just kind of like did. Like I just yeah. came up with it three weeks ago on the spot. This um, is going to be like one of our shortest episodes. <laughs> we barely, we like barely went through it. No, it's, it'll be like, it'll be yeah, about it'll an be hour. Like, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just looking now in, in the second collected trade covers issue seven through 10. Right. So there's, well, I mean, there's got, there's issue five. Oh no, that's five. wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Don't worry I'm about it, Dan. looking at the wrong thing. Don't look into it now. <laughs> I'll come up with it. This is, this is me. Uh, this is weird. Um, But yeah, next week, Dan, you're going to talk Jimmy and I into another comic book. Yeah, we're yeah. the comic book podcast now, just by coincidence. So you like comic books? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you're really a nerd and you want some humor <laughs> fast. Just okay, go to www.talkmeinto.com. It's Talk Me Into Kiss My Ass. <laughs> oh, Jeff. <laughs> um, I'm talking you guys into a comic that's fairly recent. It's called Batman White Knight. Um, it was. You finally put on the ears and cape. <laughs> what? What is calling you a white knight? Oh, okay. It's written and drawn by Sean Murphy. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I like Sean Murphy's art. Yeah, it's an eight-issue miniseries from 2017. Um, It's sort of an Elseworlds type thing. I'm not exactly sure, like where it dwells as far as continuity. Um, It's part of the DC Black Label, which, if you're familiar with, is like a more adult-oriented thing. I'm not. Is it like Marvel? Is it like Marvel Max? I remember that in the news. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I don't think this has anything really that earth shattering. There's probably a couple swears and maybe it's a little more violent, but I don't think you're going to see Bruce Wayne's donger in it. Oh, damn. damn. Um, but yeah, you guys the know bat wing. It. No, I know, I know nothing about it. Yeah, I, I remember it coming out, and I I almost picked it up once, and I just never got around to it. Uh, basic elevator pitch: It is set in a different continuity uh, than the typical one, and it's a world where somehow the Joker seems to have actually been rehabilitated and is released wow. from, from Arkham. And how oh. does Batman react to a Joker that is a law-abiding citizen? <laughs> okay. So it's really good. Um, I'm going to have you guys read. It's a self-contained story arc. I think it's, what did I say? It's a few issues, eight issues. Um, should be pretty easily accessible. So in the next episode, Batman White Knight. Uh, in the meantime, Jimmy. Yeah. Where can you find the podcast online? You can find the podcast at Talk Me Into on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. You can go to www.talkmeinto.com for all of your website needs. And you can, uh, if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com, where we'll uh, read it on the show. Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, tweeting tweets under the name Danny underscore breakdown. Um, tweet, tweet. Yeah, tweet tweet. Also, want to mention our mention our Patreon. I'm I'm really happy, guys. You know, when we launched our Patreon in the first year, it was you know it was okay. We were still learning. We were getting stuff out. But um, now our Patreon is is meeting our regular schedule. We've got a monthly audio podcast that you can only hear if you're a patron called Talking Shit. We also have some. Uh, you know additional supplemental audio stuff like talking to myself and things like that and we've got videos coming out monthly that you can see a week early on our patreon and uh yeah the usual behind the scenes information notes things like that so check out yeah i mean i I don't want to like uh put a schedule on on it or anything but we basically have stuff coming out every week yeah it's that's how it's been working out so i want to pat ourselves on the back and also just tell people like hey for five bucks a month if you like talk me into you can get a whole lot more talk me into yeah so check that out patreon.com slash talk me into jeff where can people find you online people can find me on twitter at jeffff27 that's jeff with five f's the number 27 and on instagram at magic the clipping uh it's gross but it's fun jimmy where can people find you online you can find me laughing at magic the clipping every post i like it because it makes me laugh uh, you can find me at son of a fitch s-o-n-n-a-v-a-f-i-t-c-h on twitter instagram and youtube where i uh should be having some more late to the games out i've been working on them pretty hard so uh hope Huzzah. you're enjoying yeah Bingo. thank you for listening to talk me into hope we talk you into next the bat dance batman spreads the cheeks <laughs> it winks at you that's gonna be a very funny beginning of the episode or end of the episode hope you like the uncanny x-force i am i just started okay i'm oh, recording okay. it's just gonna be jimmy yeah. talking about his butthole blinking <laughs> with silence <laughs> that's my talking talking to myself <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, count us down and then we'll go Jeff, Jimmy, Dan. Sure. Ugh.
let me stretch. Why am I always fucking last, Jeff? Fine. J- Jeff, Dan, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're last. I Sorry. Have a fun fact. You're, you're relegated okay. to the last one. Age before beauty. Okay. Gape All before right. beauty. <laughs> By the way, there's no way out of the three of us that Jimmy's nickname would be Gape. <laughs> I know what you get up to, Jeff. <laughs> Big old logs I'm shooting out today. Oh my god. Uh, sure, that's what we're talking about. And yeah. and um yeah. okay. Look around, look around. How lucky we are to be alive right now. If that's not at the end of the episode, I'm killing myself. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Uh I can start off talking myself into. <clears throat> sure. Then who goes next? Dan, so he doesn't cry. <laughs> I have to go last. <laughs> segment's over. It's over. <laughs> Jimmy, you want a new track? You want to keep going? We can keep going. Dude, I can try to get experimental one time. And you guys <laughs> call me on it. It was <laughs> funny. It was. It turned funny at first. It was not very good. <laughs> I'm stretching. <laughs> Yeah, you are. <laughs> I appreciate everything you do for this podcast, Dan, but that was very funny. <laughs> Jeff has two impressions, and one of them is Barack Obama. The other one is Meagle. I think I do both of them okay. Yeah, they're okay. And I can do Kermit the Frog. Uh, no, okay, bye. <clears throat> cool. I just I just saw this video where... Uh, Apparently, they made a version of Bat, the Batman theme song. They also did it with the 60 Spider-Man one, too, where they get rid of Bat. So it's just, man, <laughs> it's very good. 